0: Today, House Democrats unveil a new coronavirus bill estimated to cost $3 trillion, and uh, President Trump is accused of racism in a press conference, and it's only Tuesday. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by uh, Chad Prather, host of The Chad Prather Show, Mm-hmm. Back in studio, double dose of Chad Prather.
1: It'd be, it'd be weird if you said Chad Prather, the host of the Stuber Gear show.
0: <laughs> it would. Yeah. It would. Uh, that would, I it's don't think vague. anyone wants to see that no. at all. But but we do also have Stuber Gear. Hey, look at there! Who is host of Stu Does America, not the Chad Prather show, mm-hmm. uh, which you can also find on Blaze TV. And you should also subscribe to YouTube as well. Thanks for being here. Thank you. We That's know right. you're Mr. Hollywood now. You don't That's show me. up as much. Yep. So. A lot of people in Hollywood you. don't
2: cut their hair for eight weeks. Yeah, it's a big thing in Hollywood.
0: Isn't it Mm -hmm. interesting though? You see, like who who is really up there? Who has the status by who actually got haircuts during this time?
2: Yes, who can uh, draw the uh, the little peasants out uh, from their homes to come to our large mansions and get haircuts? Yeah, you know.
0: And it wasn't Stu. It was not me.
2: (laughs) I put the buzzer on number one and went. Took
0: it off. I just I didn't do any of it. I cut my son's hair, but uh, not my own. Uh, All right, so how. Democrats unveil their latest, the latest coronavirus bill. Which, what is this? The, the fourth? It, it was 3.5 well, last time. Yeah, I time, love that. 3.5. Right?
2: I think it should go 3.75 here. <laughs> yeah. Like, just so it never gets to four. Every time, we just kind of cut it by
0: half. 3.9596. Uh, they've unveiled their latest coronavirus relief proposal, and it includes more than $3 trillion in new spending in new spending. Uh, About a trillion would go to state, local, and tribal governments. And uh, there would be another round of the $1,200 stimulus payments. And uh, there would be a maximum of $6,000 per household. And then there would be uh, an extension of the $600 in weekly unemployment insurance through January and a new $175 billion benefit that would subsidize rent and mortgage payments for Americans. And... It is uh, it is dubbed the Heroes Act of all things, because we all know that the House Democrats are, in fact, the heroes of our lives. You know, I feel like this is I feel like we're just kind of in this Groundhog Day uh, movie every single day. It's like the same thing that I have to ask you guys. But at what point do you look at all of these relief bills and just say, like, yeah, we don't there's no way we have this money. Like, what are we doing to our children and our grandchildren and our grandchildren children uh, by making up all of this money that we cannot have?
1: Yeah, it's a joke at this point. I mean, it really is. I mean, I'm over all of it. It's it's a joke at this point. I've, It's kind of become white noise to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stu's a numbers guy, so it, maybe Stu can probably break this thing down and analyze it. He's probably already got a way to pay it.
0: No, oh, he's got an
1: amortization schedule. I would be lined so out.
0: impressed if you did.
1: I'd be cutting hair in people's houses. <laughs> uh, got a, got a side hustle. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, you know, I've said over and over, we don't have any concept of what a trillion dollars is, uh, and so we, you start trafficking in numbers so large that it it's in one ear and out the other. And people don't understand. I don't think the ramifications of what a twenty-one trillion dollar debt is, and then you're just going to what? Keep printing money? You know, once it's gone, it's gone. And and, and what's it doing? Because every time we subsidize people's lives with another twelve hundred dollars here, or PPP for this, uh, it, people are still saying, "Well, we don't have enough." Mm-hmm. You've you've at the end of the day, you just got to get back to a point where you open the economy back up and let people go back to work and live their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do think that, um, Stu, Chad, it has to be correct that, the people are just desensitized to the numbers at this point, right? Like tr- oh, a trillion yeah. dollars, that's nothing. It's just, a, it's just a word. It's a number. Yeah, yeah it doesn't or, mean anything. Yeah. It really doesn't. You just throw it. At, I mean, which is why I'm sure uh, young people are going to hear this and think like, well, I mean, that, why can't you pay for all my student debts? And why can't you do it? I mean, it's just a number at this and, point. And it's
2: hard, honestly, to argue it at times, right? I mean, we spent so much money. I mean, like, hey, look, we all care about our children and our, you know, our children's children and our children's children's children. <laughs> After that, honestly, screw them. They can do they on their own. They're they not gonna right. remember right. me. That point, yeah, I'm, I'm long gone. Um, but it is funny to see this because, like, we—I uh, have a friend of a friend who was working before this coronavirus hits. They laid him off immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's home. He's getting un- 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 unemployment. Place is going to be opening up in a couple weeks. Well, he's making more money being unemployed than going back to work. Mm-hmm. Didn't really like the job all that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really thrilled about going back. So why would he? So now he's sitting here, well, do I stay out of the workforce and collect, or do I go back in? And, and, you know, part of the calculus, I think, for anyone, particularly anyone who's politically aware, is there's no way before November of this year they're taking away that unemployment. You can sit on that unemployment at least until November and at least probably until January um, because there's absolutely no way a a candidate is going to let that happen in the middle of this. They're not going to stand up and say, oh, well, you know what, we're not going to pay for that person anymore that's just not going to happen some of these things might go away some of the programs might go away but they're I mean unemployment they've extended that to 99 weeks before they will do it again here and they'll let people sit on the sidelines for a very long time and with these bonuses that are kind of put in there for coronavirus uh, situation like you know a lot of people are making more than they were before It's not a sensible thing, and it is unsustainable, right? I mean, like, we have a a situation where multiple trillions of dollars are going out of the door over and over and over and over again, and you've seen Democrats make, especially in the far left, make that exact argument. Mm. Hey, if you guys can pay for all this coronavirus stuff, how come you can't pay for my college? How come you can't pay for our our full health care? UBI. UBI, exactly. And who knows? I mean, if it gets worse, I wouldn't be surprised if we go down that road. Um, We're going into Yangtown, and that's That's not what what we
1: want. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great thing when your kid comes to you and says, well, why can't they just pay for my college? Sorry, we spent it on the sickness. We spent spent it on on the doctor's bills. It's all gone now. Yeah, the ramifications for generations to come are huge in Mm -hmm. in this thing. Uh, And for what? What temporary gain is it really giving? People, I mean, I haven't gotten anything I'm thinking about. It. I'm a 1099 business person, you know, self-employed with all the d- I do. All, all I do is side hustles. Right. Yeah. So I need to go file for something. You're to get a job. I mean, mean, I've been unemployed basically my whole life. You have
0: to to believe, too, like if you're Andrew Yang, you're really pissed that everyone now is taking your talking point of UBI. You're like, I said this the whole time. (laughs) Remember all those debates?
2: You wouldn't let me say anything? (laughs) That was what I was going to say. Exactly. Uh, It's got to be a little frustrating. (laughs)
0: Um, So, you know, you factor in, Stu, you mentioned all of the people who are like, I'm just collecting more in unemployment than I would be you know, uh, going back to work. Plus, I think there's probably an an additional layer of fear in there, right? Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people, I think, who are too scared to go back to work. And they're like, I'd rather just get the money from the government here instead of risking my life to go back to work, even if that's not the case. But there's also uh, a new paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research that uh, said that 42% of coronavirus related layoffs will become permanent. Yeah. Wow. Which is really shocking. I mean, that's alarming. We all, I think, we all sat here and said there is going to be unintended, an unintended consequence of you know the the economic fallout from this of these jobs that you know you're getting laid off and you don't switch them back on. That not all of them come back. Sure, you get a certain percentage of them that come back, but you don't just get all of those jobs back. This paper seems to conclude that 42 uh, percent. Of layoffs will be permanent, and then it says nearly 90% of the more than 20 million Americans who were laid off in April, uh, they uh, they expected their job loss to be only temporary. Turns out that's not actually going to be the case if this paper is in fact true. Um, again, I feel like we tried to warn people of this; they didn't listen. Now we're seeing it uh, on paper. Do you think that that's accurate, Chad?
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's just bad news, it's sad news, because it's one thing to say, well, this is going to take months, and in many cases, years for these jobs to come back. And then you start looking at it, and realistically, they're not going to come back at all, so many of them. And look at it from this perspective. How many people who risked, put all their life savings and made all these sacrifices to open these businesses, and then boom, this hit? I mean, the unimaginable, and they've lost everything this is going to cause people to really second guess and think really hard before they open businesses for a long time now. I mean, we're probably looking at, I mean, we still remember the 2009, 2010 recession like it was yesterday, right? That was, that was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. How long is this going to last?
0: Yeah. That's a, Well, that's a great point, too, because the paper, um, it points out it only addresses the current job losses, not any future job losses that may stem from exactly what mm-hmm. Chad is talking about. I mean, that, that's devastating to the economy.
2: Absolutely. I mean, look, I think, you know, there's, there's always been sort of disagreement on how to handle this. I don't think there was ever disagreement, though, on how bad this is going to be for the economy. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's going to be horrible for the economy. You can't just tell everyone not to go to work and expect it to turn out any different, yeah. right? There's a question of cost-benefit analysis there. Is it worth it, right? Like, and that's a tough question. We're talking about human lives, so I can see how that would be difficult for people to, to decide. Um, but part of this, though, is, is really frustrating because at this point, mm-hmm. this is the government's fault. Like back in the day, like you can say, all right, well, uh, there's, you know, this thing, there's this outbreak and uh, it's happening really fast and we're shutting down the economy and we're going to pass these bills. And, you know, the first few weeks, these big numbers come out and at some level, you can kind of understand that. Um, On the other side of this, is like this past week we have another three million people unemployed. These programs were specifically designed. Think of think of wh- who you are laying someone off now. You're someone who decided you know what I'm going to keep these employees on. I'm going to I'm going to push through this. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to blow through my savings. I'm going to wait for this loan to come in and then the money runs out or never arrives. So you have to let them go anyway. That's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I understand like week one you're you're a, you're a business that maybe is on the borderline of you know you're in a bad situation anyway or you're a situation like where maybe you're a, a crowded bar with live music like okay you know you're screwed you're, you're furloughing everyone right away you can understand that at the beginning in week seven and eight we shouldn't be seeing numbers like that I mean that, that is a failure of the actual programs they designed to specifically stop that problem
0: yeah um, and then even you know with all of this news I still find it shocking when I read headlines like now this is a CNN poll so take it for what it's worth but uh, that 68% of people don't think that we should return to a quote, normal life until there is a vaccine. That, I mean, if you're... Yeah. You're talking about a vaccine, which, what? What's the average, 18 months?
2: That's the fastest. I mean, the, yeah. the so all-time record right. is four years. <laughs> so 18 months is very hopeful.
0: That's why I'm like, so yeah. where is the disconnect that people, are they, they're just that scared that they think if they walk outside their homes, they're going to die? Do they not understand how long it takes to get a vaccine up and going and, like, oh, I don't know, safe to inject in your body, if you ever even think that it's safe to inject in your body? I mean, it, I'm just like, I'm struggling with, with that. That number of 68 percent and thinking, what are these people seeing that I'm not seeing? Or maybe it's me seeing <laughs> that they're not. seeing. I've never like I have, that have never it. psychologically,
1: <laughs> psychologically or sociologically seen such a flip of the switch in people's minds to it's where incredible. all of a sudden the mortality that hits them. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> if I go to the store and someone's not wearing a mask, we're all going to die America is a country, and I'm going to just isolate America because I can speak from experience. We go into a pandemic, we get fat, we get drunk, and we lay off our health care workers. I mean, it's amazing, right? But I mean, the numbers, we've got to get to a point where we truly look at the numbers and not this melodramatic crap. A lot of it we heard come out of Dr. Fauci's mouth today in, in the Senate hearing. Is so much melodrama that's out there. Stop it. Stop it. What we're doing to this country, what we're doing to the world is going to cause far more deaths. I, we say this till we're blue in the face. It's going to cause far more deaths, suicides, abuse, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. La, l- loss of sobriety, drug abuse. These things are going—you want to talk about terminal. But the point is, to your question, the reason I believe— is people like to maintain what they're born into, okay? And what they were born into in this country was a golden ticket. Mm. They've always known everything is going to be okay. That's why when the government says we're going to do another trillion dollars or something, then they're like, okay, the government's got me. Government's got me because they always have had me, right? And I'm willing to give up these next generations and everybody else's stuff because... They're going to take care
2: of me.
0: Yeah. still. So, I mean, you know, 68 percent of people. What happened to we're just staying inside right now to flatten the freaking curve? Yeah. So the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Now, all of a sudden, we can't leave our house until there's a vaccine.
2: Well, look, the government has not done a good job communicating this. I mean, no. they spent weeks and weeks telling us not to wear masks, and now they're saying that we should wear them. This is so she
0: is included in that. Yeah, chat, uh, as you said. Yeah,
2: I mean, look, this has been—they have not. You know, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, right? This is not an easy problem. No. Uh, it's very difficult, and I can understand some mistakes being made. But like, the average person has no freaking idea, uh, you know, how long it's going to take to come up with a vaccine. You know, the fact that like I think it was mumps was the was the fastest uh, record, and it was four years. Now, can they? Do I think? I have enough faith in you know uh, capitalism and our medical system and uh, the hope for innovation. I'm hopeful on that front. I think we might be able to do 18 months maybe you know maybe it's even a little faster they're talking about like all sorts of ways they're cutting the corners on that and you know I hope they can I hope they can do it you know I really do. Um, but I mean, I talked to Vic Roy about this. He has a whole plan about how to unwind and open up the economy. And, And his point, I think, was a really good one, which is everyone is saying like, okay, how do we plan until we get the vaccine in 18 months? And he's like, we need to plan about what if we never get a vaccine? Yeah. Yes. What are we doing? Because if our answer is to never go outside again, that's a really dumb answer. So let's instead plan on the worst case scenario. Let's plan on that we do have uh, flare-ups and we do we never get treatments and we never get these things never come to pass. What are we doing to save this country? Um, and I think that's a much smarter way of looking at it. Like, let's come out and say like, we'll open things up. We'll look at how it goes, open it up a little bit more, see how it goes. Make sure if we have a flare-up somewhere, we deal with that. But we don't act as if the United States is one big uh, you know, Madison Square Garden where we're all inside and if one person gets it, we all get it. We've seen you know, quite clearly uh, that there is a separation where we, have, we might have a huge breakout in New York and nothing in Texas. Right. So we have to treat the problem like that. We've seen it with the nursing homes is another big example. You know, half these deaths are coming from nursing homes. You know, that's a really good place to focus a lot of attention right now. Yeah. But we have to do it in an intelligent way. And we've already paid a big price. We bought things with that. We bought time. We have bought, you know, uh, pro- uh, you know, progress towards, uh, you know, a cure. We we've we've bought a lot with that, but it was really freaking expensive. So let's not blow it. Let's do this smart in a, in a smart way and not and not just panic. It's the panic doesn't help anybody. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are panicked because of the media coverage and also just have it has not been explained to them very well that what they're thinking is, well, until it's safe. And I think that's all it is. Make people believe they're not going to die and right. they'll go out to the bars and the restaurants again. But you have to get them over that hump. And right now we haven't done that.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. We've got more to come, including President Trump was accused of racism uh, in other news. It is a day ending in day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I know. Hold on to she your can. pearls for that one. Mm-hmm. First, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, so uh, perhaps you're someone who maybe you were hoping to go to the range anytime soon, uh, you know, to maybe practice your... Uh, your target, your target practice. Yeah, that, that may not be happening depending on what state you live in. Good luck to you. We've got social distancing. We've got leftist politicians who think it's uh, their duty to close gun stores right now and treat the Second, Second Amendment as non-essential. Uh, thankfully, There is iTarget Pro, where you can safely practice with your firearm in the comfort of your home. They have uh, an app that you download to your phone and also a laser bullet. Uh, No, really, it's a laser bullet. It's so cool. And uh, it will allow you to safely practice with your actual firearm. So you're practicing the trigger pull. You actually are learning how your gun pulls, which every gun is different. So that's a good thing uh, to know when you're practicing your trigger control. And uh, the bonus is that you don't shoot holes through your couches. So dry fire training will develop muscle memory. Uh, It'll help with target reaction, speed, uh, trigger function, and more. And they come in all the major calibers. So whatever gun you have that you want to practice with, they should have you covered. Right now you can get 10% off plus free shipping with offer code NEWS when you buy. And uh, you can go to itargetpro.com. That is itargetpro.com. Use offer code NEWS. Get that 10% off right now. You don't know when the leftist politicians are going to shut the gun store is down right now. They're using all of the power that they have. You got to go there. iTargetPro.com. Back in a minute. (music) President Trump walked out on his uh, briefing yesterday after reporters implied that he was very, very racist for answering a question like just directly, I guess. Uh, Here's a little bit of what that exchange looked like have said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if every day Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. What, sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you. I'm China? not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty <laughs> question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anybody else? Please, go ahead in the back, please. I have, to, I have two questions. No, it's okay. <laughs> so We're you wanted to me. I have two questions, Mr. President. Next, please. But
1: you you called on me.
0: I did, and you didn't respond. And now I'm calling on the young lady in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague finish, but can I ask you... Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Seems like a mind game at the end to even call on anyone else, because once he called on her, he's like, yeah, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I want to talk to you anymore now that I'm processing yeah. everything that's happened. Uh, so how do you pronounce her name? we Weeja. 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 I think.
2: So I know, with like CBS Asia, News. Weijia, yeah.
0: Weijia, uh, from Yeah. Jang. Jang. From CBS News. Obviously, an Asian-American, which I'm not sure that you would know while she had the mask on.
2: I didn't know when I started. I've never seen really her not, before, and really? I had no idea it was okay that I was me. judging okay, of her voice, yeah. It wasn't yeah. until she took it off and asked the question that I realized that she was Asian.
0: Okay, that's actually a really good barometer, because I had heard... Her, she's done some gotcha questions in this uh, briefing before, so I knew who she was. You didn't. I,
2: didn't. I didn't. I mean, I just saw the clip and didn't recognize it. I had never seen her before, I don't think. So...
0: The dramatic reveal.
2: Yeah, like, that's what, because that's what, when, it gets to, you know, seeing it for the first time, yeah. you see her answer the question, she asks the question, he answers it, and they go back to her, and then she has the mask off, and I'm yeah. like, oh, sh- she's Asian. Like, that was, my first thought was, oh, I didn't realize, as she's asking the question about it, like, damn you! Right. You know, I mean, it's a ridiculous response. And we should also not skip over the fact that the question is completely inane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are yes. you talking about it a global competition? All you've been doing is saying how bad our testing has. Is for months. Mm-hmm. First, you said there was no testing at all. Then you said there wasn't enough testing. I remember it was. I looked this up this morning because we were talking about this. March twenty uh, second or twenty third. Science magazine um, said that that says. Shut up.
0: Only two would read <laughs> Science, magazine. <laughs> Science magazine.
2: Hey, Bill Nye. <laughs> Science magazine said it was a uh, staggering <laughs> testing by South Korea to have fifteen thousand tests a day. That week. We passed them at 15,000 and rose above it. The, I think it was a week or two later, we passed them in overall testing since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing 300,000 tests a day, 20 times what they said was staggering uh, You know, a, a month and a half ago. And did, was there ever a point where they were like, wow, you guys really turned this around. Good job. No, they've said the entire time you're way behind everybody else in testing. You guys suck. You guys suck. You guys suck. The barometer is all these other countries that are better than you. Hey. And then so he says we're doing a good job compared to the other countries. And what is this, a competition? What are you nuts? Like, think of how crazy you have to be to think that's a good question. That is an, I mean, it literally uh, one of the worst questions ever asked at a press briefing. Yeah. It, what would it even do? How could he possibly? You know what? I, I had never thought of that. I shouldn't be so competitive. Competitive when it comes to testing, <laughs> like, what, what is he supposed it to let's say? back it back down.
0: Bring it back
1: down to Italy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, really, to, to Stu's point, how else are you supposed to measure response to a global pandemic? Like it, it's a global pandemic, yeah. right? Like it's happening everywhere. How else are you supposed to measure what your response looks like if you're not comparing yourself to all of the other places to an extent, right? Like you can't—it can't be an apples-to-apples apples comparison a lot no, of times. No, everyone's so you have to got factor different that rules.
2: In. We have a constitution, right. but it's of course important to try to take the best practices from other countries who may have had right. success in certain areas. Obviously, having a lot of tests and having them—the the ability to be able to find out if someone is positive or negative in a quick fashion is a really good idea. If if you go back to the beginning of this, if we didn't have uh, the issue with testing, and I don't blame Trump for that, but I mean, like, if we did have an issue with testing. We didn't have the test at the beginning. We probably don't have this shutdown at all. Yeah. I firmly believe if we had... Even moderate testing at the beginning of this we would have been able to catch the breakout areas and not close down the whole thing. That was one of the, we didn't have the information at the beginning, which is one of the reasons why they went for a national shutdown because they had no freaking idea where this stuff was yeah. well now we have more information and we can handle it a little bit more sensibly. Um, you know the, the, the idea that you're just gonna blow past this and then when he says ask China well you know the guy has said he's you know it's very consistent with who the guy is he's blamed a lot of things on China. Yeah. Uh, to white reporters, to black reporters, uh, to Mexican reporters, anybody, he's going to say China probably had something to do with it. That's kind of a Trump thing. I don't know if anyone's noticed this. Um, and, and, and and he has a really good point here. You know, the thing came from China. It kind of originated there. You know, there. when Cuomo's going, oh, it's a European virus. Well, where did Europe get it? They got it from China, too. I mean, China's the center of this. And it's smart for Trump to be pointing the finger back at the place responsible for it. And look, no one can predict an outbreak of a, of a virus. But you can be honest with people. You can give good information to other countries so that they can try to handle it. You can uh, give, I mean, you've heard, you know, everybody in, on, the, on the White House, uh, uh, you know, task force say, at the beginning we were told by China this wasn't that bad so we didn't react in a way that a, glo- a typical global pandemic. You know who did? South Korea, uh, Hong Kong, uh, uh, Taiwan. Why? Because they don't trust China. The people who didn't trust China enough uh, that paid real dividends here. Yeah, Chad, Stu. This is why I wear a cowboy hat because no one <laughs> expects to hear anything from Science
1: Magazine coming out of my mouth. I'm just like I'm the I'm the local yokel that just gets to say whatever, and people are like, mm, we don't like that guy. Uh, and I'm like, I didn't want you to. I mean, you can see the wheels turning in her head when she's like. Wait a minute, this yeah. is my opportunity. Well, why I did you ask me that question? Kaylin Collins say that?
0: actually put, like, she yeah. asked her, do you want to... Mm, yeah, do you want to... Hey, like, hey, girl, she's like, oh, moment. God,
1: I'm missing a racist opportunity. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's the kind of way she reacted. And I'll just say this, because Stu sums it up so good. It's like, all we've heard is numbers, numbers, numbers. Of course there is. And so, what's she doing? Sitting back there with her abacus just talking about that? I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> <laughs> see? I'm Look at that, that
2: self-control out of Chad yeah. right yeah. there. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: I, couldn't, I couldn't do Trump's job just on that right there alone. Yeah. I mean, I'd be Obama kicking the door in off the side, you know? yeah would, that old... <laughs> it'd
0: be pretty interesting to see you react to uh, some of I,
1: They'd ask me to leave tomorrow. I, I mean, it was... <laughs> first of all, I'd never get elected because I'm just <laughs> Too freaking honest. Maybe, like, can hey, we bring back that
2: guy who was under control, Donald Trump? <laughs>
1: <'cause> that guy. <laughs> uh, why, why are you asking me that question? I'm sorry, I was talking to the black guy in the back.
2: I mean, this is how asinine this is. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: we've got more coming up, but I uh, want to thank our sponsor, Bambi, speaking of HR issues. Th- you want to talk about HR liabilities, all right, you're looking at the guy right here. HR issues can kill your business. You've got wrongful termination, uh, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, HR manager salary are an average of $70,000 a year. That's a lot for a small business to invest just to make sure you stay out of trouble. That is why Bambi is around. That's B-A-M-B-E-E. And uh, you get a dedicated HR manager. They will craft your HR policy. They'll maintain your compliance. All of that for $99 a month. That's it. Uh, Bambi can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. You get that dedicated HR manager available uh, by phone, email, real-time chat, and uh, they will customize your policies to fit your business, help you manage your employees day-to-day. Again, $99 a month. You cannot beat it. It will be the biggest strength to your small business. They will keep up with all of the jargon. Trust me, all right? uh, I'm still a licensed insurance agent, so I work with HR people, and I work with small businesses, and there are a lot of businesses that I'm like, oh, you guys are just waiting to get sued because you don't have your HR under control. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. You can go to Bambi.com slash matters to schedule your free HR audit. That is bambe dot slash matters. Schedule your free HR audit today. Back in a minute. Apparently, Senate Republicans uh, are, of course, investigating the Obama administration's decision to target Michael Flynn. We've covered that at great lengths on the show. The DOJ just recently dropped the case against him uh, due to new revelations that have come out in that case, uh, including the FBI kind of, you know, just trying to get him to lie. And just Mm. setting him up there. And uh, so but interestingly, Lindsey Graham today told the media that um, the committee is prepared to investigate Obama administration officials, but not Barack Obama himself. He said, I'm not anticipating calling President Obama, um, which is weird to me because we've learned over the, the past few days that Obama seemed to be involved in these conversations to set Flynn up you would think that he would be uh, one of the people called. But, Chad, I think, you know, you were here yesterday, I think w- was when we were talking about, uh, you know, whether or not Obama would actually ever be investigated to the full extent that he should be investigated and pay for whatever sins he's made. And uh, I think everyone, I think we talked about that on Friday, too, when you were on, I think everyone's under the impression that, no, that, that's just not going to happen. It's just all talk. It happen.
1: It's not going to happen. I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, uh, what we have to hope for, is that history is honest, and I don't know that it will be. It rarely is in many cases. Because I think that history is going to look back on Barack Obama as one of the most corrupt presidents that's ever existed.
0: Well, hold Uh, on. I always heard that his administration was scandal-free. Yeah, well,
1: I think, think, yeah, we live in a weird age. We just live in a weird age. You know, if if you go back... 50, 60, 70 years. I mean, you think about all the things that presidents that we know about now historically that they did and they got away with. You know, Glenn's always telling the story of Woodrow Wilson and his wife is running them. She was the first woman president, right? And so you, you all these things, they didn't know at that point in time. Now everything is known. Everything is known. And these folks, they just become demigods. They become celebrities. They become untouchable. They become isolated. They're not men or women of the people anymore. They're not of the people. Mm -hmm. They're above the people. And that's the thing. And everybody in America with any sense of, of patriotic values is absolutely sick of it. They would love to see some sense of justice. And I'm not talking about some drummed up stuff. Let's just take an honest look at the people we elect and put in power, put in a place. I mean, this is the leader of the free world. And to go in there and do the things that we know is going on, um, it's it's we, people are tired of it, but they're not going to face any form of justice.
0: Yeah. Still, uh, it's likely that the panel will question James Comey, uh, acting attorney general, um, Sally Yates. But no Barack Obama, even though we have we have the report of that meeting happening. Yeah. I mean, I,
2: part of this is I, we usually don't do this right. I mean, yeah. You know, the American system isn't very, you know, I mean, there's some countries that do when if someone gets elected and gets taken out of office. You know, there's that kind of partisan thing where they go back after their enemies, and everyone gets arrested in the old administration. execution, you drink poison. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) I mean, fair, but this—if this—if this this was what like just spurred all of the Russia investigation.
2: Yeah, look, I'm not I'm not defending Barack Obama. I think there is like Mike Lee has made this point on our show before where like, you know, we have to be very careful with prosecuting former administration officials when they leave. Mm -hmm. I think there is a line there. But the line is incredibly clear, insurmountable, horrible evidence, right? Like, it's it's him on tape saying, I want you to frame Michael Flynn. It's basically that. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I mean, look, you know, we, I think there's even more clear evidence that Hillary Clinton has done things that were either either totally illegal or very close to it the number one enemy in the universe of Hillary Clinton is Donald Trump. He's had control of the Department of Justice this entire time and has done nothing. Mm. Right, so I think that tells you the path that this is going to go down. It's worth questioning, though, and I think it is worth bringing this all to light, if nothing else, for the history books, so we can see Barack Obama someday as that is a corrupt president, as opposed to the deity he currently is seen as by a lot of people. I think it's important to get that stuff out of there. And there's a lot of people lower than Obama that are, I mean, Comey. You know, like if he did something wrong, like we should know about that. There's no protection for James Comey in this. If he did something, you know, really wrong, I mean, we should know about it anyway. Um, But there is a a bit of a line there because you know what the Democrats would do with that power, right? They would say, the second Donald Trump is out of office, and they're going to probably do this anyway. uh, They're going to go down this road and they're going to try to prosecute him in New York. They're going to go after, they're already after his tax returns in the Supreme Court right now. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen. It's not something that I think is good for a stable republic. um, But, uh, you know, I think it would have to be so it would have to be almost beyond the point where someone could make a case on the other side and 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 they're not going to i don't think it's there yet
0: it, well it's hard though because i agree with you that you don't want to set the precedent for it to be abused mm-hmm. but at the same time when you see that there's smoke somewhere that yeah. you think that there's fire that they clearly abused their you know their privilege and their executive powers it's like you Do you not go after it just because you you want to run the risk that you yeah. know, I mean you gotta
2: chase just, it down You got to chase it down. I just think that like the, the standard of it is gonna be so high that yeah. I doubt I mean look Barack Obama is a lot of things But a guy who blurts things out on uh, you know, uh, you know full confessions on camera is probably not that doesn't sound like him yeah. Maybe it'll happen I think that it would have to be so clear to the American people for them to accept it even with the president They may not love so much it's just like I, I even think with, with the Donald Trump afterwards, like people are going to see that as really just a partisan action unless you have massive proof.
1: Got but it. I will remind you mm-hmm. that Glenn Beck has a special Wednesday night with a smoking gun. We'll see. Hashtag Obamagate.
0: You suck up. Yeah, that's pretty good. What He's a-
2: calling out Woodrow Wilson references. What are you looking for a raise? I know. What <laughs> a- Hello, America. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we've got I'm coming more, for you back. More to get into. First, want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. <laughs> so, if you are a dog owner, listen up. I don't care if you're spending like a ton of money on the most expensive dry dog food. If you're feeding your dog dry dog food, uh, they've killed all of the good stuff that is supposed to be in it, that is supposed to nourish your dog. The vitamins, the nutrients, the enzymes, the probiotics, everything. It's uh, they've sterilized it, so all of that is now dead. That is where Rough Greens comes in. If you want to see your dog thrive, it is a supplement. They, you sprinkle it on top of the food, all right? You don't, you're not switching out foods. You don't have to worry about that. It's just bringing all of those vitamins, minerals, enzymes, omega oils, antioxidants. It's bringing that back into the food so that your dog can have a more youthful energy. You have you started using this yet, Chad? Yeah,
1: I it's keeping the COVID away from me. Oh, for the dogs, <laughs> yeah, for the, the dogs. Dog. It's yeah, the dogs love it. It's I'm great. not
0: sure if if it's advisable that you actually take it yourself, but it'll. Willie's getting up there, right? Yeah. So it'll help. Uh, it'll help good old Willie stay young. I
1: got so I have Willie Cash in June, mm-hmm. right? Cash he has the issues, right? It's okay. really helped with him. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I know Stu has seen improvement in his dog as well. I've got um, I've got an eight-month-old puppy. I can't say. I mean, I can't say that she's her health has improved <laughs> noticeably because she's already bouncing off the walls all the time. But she never wanted to eat her food. I, like, I literally would be like, okay, I think we have a problem because the dog hasn't eaten anything all day. She would just let it sit there. Now she actually eats it on a regular schedule, and we know that she is getting the nutrients that she needs. You can go to uh, roughgreens.com. Take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jump Start Challenge. It is $14.95. You will see a difference in your dog in 14 days or less. That is roughgreens.com blaze. R-U-F-F-Greens.com blaze. Right, uh, Michigan's Governor Gretchen Whitmer, she has just been using the coronavirus to just see how much power she really can uh, can come up with here. And I know it's been a struggle between herself and between uh, the state house. So now the latest, a Michigan Circuit Court judge has denied the state's request to sign a temporary restraining order against a 77 year old barber who opened his shop early in defiance of the orders. Uh, you know, I I would compare this to Chad. Tell me if it's accurate because I know you. You talked to Shelley Luther today. I would compare this to the Texas case with Shelley Luther. It's basically like, yeah, uh, we all need to make livings here, and I'm just going to go go ahead and open up anyway. 77 uh, year old barber, and uh, the Michigan judge has said, yeah, no, we're not. We're not going to. We're not going to sign off on this madness. We,
1: I did talk to Shelley today. She came into the studio. She tomorrow night's episode of my show. Uh, we sit down for 45 minutes, and and it's pretty eye-opening when you really look at what—she she does a great job of relaxing on our show. There's no time rush, and she talks about what small business owners go through. So many people know, but it's a great reminder, right? And, I, and so you look at a situation like this, and you see these little tyrants, these little dictators like uh, Gretchen Whitmer, and it, and it just drives me crazy to watch this thing happen. And my heart really goes out to those folks who, again, they just want to make a living. Yeah. You know? They just want to go out and make a living. That is that's what America's built on. Yeah. That is the backbone of America.
0: And uh, so this barber, he says, I'm going to stay open till Jesus comes. <laughs> come on, that's what he said. I'll stay open till Jesus comes. Uh, but uh, Governor Whitmer says that, you know, this is all about saving his life and the lives of others. So it's a good thing that we have uh, Governor Gretchen Whitman there, Whitmer there to save our own lives. Well, no
2: better place to avoid coronavirus than in prison. <laughs> uh, it's a, there's never been a case there, so that's good. Um, uh, uh, I think we actually talked to this guy uh, on the radio show yesterday or the day before. Oh, okay. Um, he was Glenn, awesome. Glenn Beck uh, on Glenn Beck show. Yes. Oh, Why God. would here you? <laughs> uh, he was actually awesome. You, you would have love this guy. He's just, you know, look. I, he says, ah, "Look, I'm not a lawyer. I've talked to lawyers, and, and they say I can do this. And you know, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just going to come out here and just keep this open because I got to feed my family. I've got, I've got, you know, people who, on my staff." Uh, who do to feed their family? And he's talking to us on the radio and it's like people are cheering him on like in, in his in his barbershop. I mean, Aww. I think that's great. Like, I think there's a difference between there's been some of the stuff that has been, I think, attention seeking and, and you know, like yeah. uh, it's some of it's a little bit too far. I would say, like, you know, a bunch of people gathering really close and, and without any masks or protection on at all. Like, some people are just doing this like, look, we want to take precautions. We don't want to get anybody sick. We don't want this to be – we understand. But, like, we can do this. We are sensible people. We can stay – our. we can keep our distance. We're not going to season each other's faces. Let's, like, all just be sensible about this, and we can stop this without ruining the economy and ruining all of my employees' lives. Seems like a sensible place. The idea that we would actually go and arrest people for doing that is crazy. I do think – you know, look, if you think it's a serious thing, if you're a governor, you can say, look, I really – I beg of you, don't do it, right? That's about all you could do. This is America, you know? These things are not, it's not against the law to go open up your your business. Um, There's all sorts of constitutional questions whether any of this was was allowed, uh, especially stuff when it revolves around church and gun stores and constitutionally guaranteed rights. Uh, So I, I, like, I think you can encourage. I think you can say, like, please do this. Please wear masks. Please be six feet away from each other. But you really can't require it for any long period of time. And, you know, we're we're getting deep into this here.
0: So do you think that we can... At least agree, because I feel like it shouldn't be. It's a reasonable thing to agree that even the people who are protesting, you know, maybe you disagree with the fact that they're not wearing masks. Maybe you think they're too close together. I personally don't think that their intention, like they don't want people to die. Right. Like that. They don't want people to die. They just disagree with the science or the messaging or whatever it is. They don't believe that it is as, you know, as deadly as they say it is. They don't believe that masks work, whatever yeah. the case may be. I just think it's such a disingenuous argument for people to say like, oh, well, you're protesting so you obviously don't care if people die.
2: Of course not. I mean, look, all these people are, you know, I, I don't know them all, obviously. And I did see, you know, there's a, there's always a few crazies in the bunch at every right, protest. Right. There's some crazy sides out there. But generally speaking, I bet these are good people who are just worried about their families and and their and their surrounding areas. And what's their goal, though? Their goal isn't necessarily to go back to work, right? Their goal is to extend freedoms to the entire area around them, which is a really laudable goal. Mm -hmm. I think part of doing that effectively is realizing what the imagery of what you're doing is. What are the optics of it? Remember, this is a movement to convince a state. It's not a movement just to get you back to work specifically. And I think the more you can do what Shelley Luther has done, which was take every single precaution, more than they would even ask you to take if they opened up her store. She had a mask on. She was sanitizing everything all the time. You know, a salon is pretty well designed to do that. They do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she was so I feel like far and above what would have been asked for her in a rational situation It was really difficult to 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 criticize her, you know, she I think she did it the right way I've seen some people who've gone and like look you're right. They can do whatever they want but when it comes off as Erratic behavior or unsafe behavior to some, it's not going to help you win over anybody to your argument. I think Shelly did win people over to her argument. Yeah, I think she did. Um, And to to mention that, I mean, the dog grooming, the pet grooming
1: place next door to her stayed open the entire time. Yeah, essential. So that's yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Back in a minute.
2: Dogs need a shampoo.
0: (laughs) Sometimes they smell. Right. Sometimes they
2: smell. You need them shampooed.
0: That is the biggest first world problem. Yesterday's poll, uh, are you satisfied with the White House's response to the pandemic? This is an interesting question, but uh, 75% of you said yes. That's kind of surprising. I thought there would be more yeses. 16, almost 17% said somewhat. I thought
2: there'd be more somewhat.
0: 8% said no. Really? Yeah. I thought this was a this was a Trump loving crew over here.
2: Sunwater. Oh, See, I would have said the opposite. I, I feel like all right. I see is criticism of of what he's done. I mean, like everyone seems uh, at least on Twitter. Our viewers, yeah, they're all anti-lockdown, right? They all want the.
0: But he hasn't done the lockdown. But I mean,
2: that's a it's technicality. On the governor Stu. It's the, that, it's a technicality. He ask is. ask ask every red state that's tried to open up after he criticized Georgia and look and see if yeah. any of them did the things that he criticized Georgia over. None of them did. I know, including Texas, by the way. I
0: will say, I told Chad this off air. The like I. I I died laughing. I was listening to Steve Dace yesterday, and he said that he was going to send uh, Governor Kemp of Georgia uh, extra, extra large underwear with a note that said, this is for your balls. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the he, funniest thing. I was like, yes! He's the point. only
2: one who's really – I mean, and look, you know, especially for red states, he's setting the agenda. But, I mean, look, he, he did ask – he wanted six weeks. You got on the six weeks, states are going to have to open up. Like, this was always the idea here. This was, it was never a long term solution to shut down the country. It was a short term solution. So We've passed funny. the short term. Hey, Siri, text Brian Kemp.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> God, we're just in the middle of a show. It's fine.
1: No, it's okay. Uh, tell him his balls are giant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, today's poll, do you have faith that Attorney General Barr and the DOJ will prosecute the people involved in Obamagate or do you think they'll get away with it? Did she send the text or not? Okay. Yeah. She sent it. Send it. Oh, she, she, she just, sent it. Oh. just sent it. <laughs> she sent it. All right. I can't wait to hear what he says. I need a screenshot of that. Uh, let us know what you think on today's poll. What was that
2: HR solution that we advertised earlier? <laughs> it's called Bambi. You- Bambi. Bambi you Tweet.
0: Ah. B-A-M-B-E-E. Well, Go there.